Hey, 1208 Greenwood. My name is Eric Iwaskowitz, and I'm the Director of Coaching and Training for the Southern Michigan Conference, the network of churches that 1208 Greenwood belongs to. I want to thank Pastor Jamin for the invitation to share a Christmas Eve message with you this evening. I love Christmas movies. Earlier this week, our family watched one of our favorites, an all-time classic, the movie Elf, which is right up there with some of the all-time greats, like It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, and of course, Rocky IV. Now, if you haven't seen Elf, first of all, what's wrong with you? Uh, but second, and seriously, uh, if you haven't seen it, here's the story. It begins with uh, the main character, Buddy, who's played by Will Ferrell. And when Buddy's a baby in an orphanage, he stows away in Santa's sack and eventually is taken to the North Pole where he's raised by elves. Many years later, as an adult, Buddy goes to New York City to find his birth father, Walter Hobbs. And we learn very quickly that Walter is on Santa's naughty list for being selfish and a heartless workaholic. And he has no idea that Buddy even exists. Walter has a good job working for a children's book publishing company. He has a wife and a son and lives comfortably in New York City. So when Buddy shows up, needless to say, it is a major interruption for Walter and his family. Along with Buddy humorously adjusting to human life in New York City, the other big storyline in the film is Walter's struggle to embrace this interruption, to embrace Buddy as his son and in his life. And what we discover in the movie is that this interruption changes everything. Well, every Advent, I take time to read through the infancy narratives in Matthew and Luke's Gospels. The infancy narratives are the passages that tell the story of Jesus' birth. And when I read through these stories, I find that one thing every character has in common is that their lives were all interrupted. In each and every case, God broke into their routine and changed their lives forever. Let's look at several of the characters of the first Christmas story. Mary and Joseph. First, you have Mary, a young teenage girl from a small town engaged to be married. She's dreaming about and busy planning for her wedding, shopping for a dress, looking for a venue, cake tasting, setting the guest list, finding the photographer and DJ. And then one day, an angel named Gabriel shows up and interrupts her plans. When you get an angel, that's a big deal. But when you get an angel with a name, with Gabriel, it's a really big deal. And in Luke 1, verse 31, we read, the angel Gabriel says this, makes this announcement to Mary. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign in the house of the Lord forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, this would have been a massive interruption for Mary. And then there's Joseph, a young, hardworking carpenter who's engaged to be married to Mary. And then he learns all of a sudden that his fiance is pregnant and the baby isn't his. I mean, this would have been an unwelcome interruption if there ever was one. And so as the story goes, Joseph decides quietly to divorce Mary. But his plan is interrupted when an angel shows up to him. And in Matthew 1, 21, we read these words from the angel to Joseph. That which is conceived in her, in Mary, is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Mary and Joseph go from there and they head to Bethlehem to register for the census where there's another interruption. The contractions kick in and Mary goes into labor. There's no guest room available. And so some farmer or homeowner is interrupted with a young teenage couple requesting space, even if it's in a stable, a room that's typically reserved for animals so that they can give birth to their son. And then there's the shepherds and their interruption. The shepherds are just going through their ordinary routine, keeping watch over their flock at night, just like any other night, except this night wouldn't be like any other night. An angel shows up to them with a birth announcement. In Luke 2, 10 and 11, we read, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And then there's the wise men, the, the magi, the astrologers. They're out looking into the sky, gazing at the stars when they notice one unlike any that they've ever seen before. And so they go to King Herod to inquire about the one that this star represents. And they ask him, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Well, this was also an inconvenient interruption for Herod. See, Herod is the king of the Jews. He's the one in power. He's the one who rules over the Israelites. So in Matthew 2, verse 3, we read, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. At the first Christmas, everyone is busy with their own routine. And then God interrupts their lives with the birth of Jesus. God became flesh, the incarnation. See, Christmas is the great interruption. In fact, Christmas is the ultimate interruption. And this goes beyond just the routine and circumstances of individual characters involved in Jesus' birth long ago. In the birth of Jesus, God was interrupting a broken world that had been ravaged and damaged by sin, darkness, and despair, with light and love, grace, truth, joy, and freedom. God was interrupting the plans and agendas of the world with his great redemptive plan. The Savior has been born, who is Christ the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is the ultimate interruption. So how do we respond to the ultimate interruption? Let me offer two responses. First, we embrace the interruption. We embrace the interruption. I mentioned earlier that one thing all of the characters in the original Christmas story have in common was that they were all interrupted. Another thing they have in common is that everyone embraces the interruption. Everyone except for Herod. Herod doesn't embrace the interruption because Jesus is a threat to him, to his power, to his rule. And the truth is, whenever our agenda is more important to us than Christ's kingdom agenda, then he's seen as a threat and we struggle to embrace him. But everyone else embraces the interruption. How did Mary respond to Gabriel's announcement? I am your servant. Let it be to me as you have said. How did Joseph respond? He doesn't continue with his divorce plans. He suspends them and he goes through with his marriage to Mary. Have you ever thought about this? That at the first Christmas, 
God stopped a divorce and called a man to adopt a baby boy as his own. How about the shepherds? How did they respond to the interruption? They left their sheep and went to Bethlehem to see Jesus. The wise men, they travel far to see Jesus, even risking their own lives and bringing him expensive gifts. Then they embrace the interruption and their lives are changed forever. Well, the same way that Jesus' entrance into the world interrupted everyone, his coming will introduce your life, will interrupt your life as well. You see, we have a choice at Christmas. We can reject the great interruption like Herod because it threatens our own plans, our own agendas, our desires for our lives. Or we can embrace the great interruption and receive what God has for us. C.S. Lewis once wrote that the great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. Well, I don't have to tell you that 2020 has been the year of massive interruption and disruption. All of our lives have been interrupted in some way by this pandemic. It has been a struggle. It has been painful. For many, it has brought great loss and will never be the same. I want to encourage you, though, in the midst of this, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the pain, Christ is present. Christ is present in the interruption. He's present with us. My hope and prayer for you this Christmas is that God would interrupt your life and that you would embrace the holy interruption of the incarnation. So we embrace the interruption, but here's the second response. We become interrupters. We become interrupters. You see, Christmas isn't just a call to embrace the interruption of Jesus' birth. It's also a call to be interrupters ourselves. In the churches I've served, we've often done lessons and carols on Christmas Eve. And the final lesson or the final passage that we read is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. These were Jesus' parting words to his disciples before he ascended to go back to the Father. And in these words, Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Well, these words are often referred to as the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Jesus was essentially sending his disciples out to be interrupters the same way that he had been throughout his life and ministry. I don't know about you, but when I look at our culture and I look at our world today, it is one that is in desperate need of an interruption. We live in a culture that's marked by division, selfishness, outrage, and fear. And it is in desperate need of an interruption of unity, humility, love, and hope. Last week, I read a story in the New York Times about several of the first healthcare workers across the country who had received the Pfizer vaccine. And when one of these healthcare workers, a director of infection prevention for a network of hospitals in Kansas was interviewed and asked how she felt, here was her response. She said, I almost could cry talking to you now. I feel like I didn't just get a vaccine. 
I got a shot of hope. A shot of hope. That phrase has stuck with me ever since I read that article. A shot of hope. And I can't help but think, as, as I think and reflect upon that phrase, that it sums up the Christmas story. That long ago, God looked upon a dark, broken, sick, and suffering world. And he sent his son, Jesus, God in the flesh, as the shot of hope. And now today, as his followers, his church, his body, Christ is in us, the hope of glory. We are to be a shot of hope in a dark world. You, 1208, are to be a shot of hope in the city of Jackson and beyond. And so Christmas means that we have a job to do. Theologian Howard Thurman once summed this up well when he wrote, When the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to teach the nations, to bring Christ to all, to make music in the heart. So in what ways this Christmas can you embrace the interruptions in your life? And in what ways might you live out your calling, your vocation as an interrupter? How might you interrupt the despair, the loneliness, injustice, and hopelessness in your own neighborhoods and community? Christmas is the great interruption. It's the greatest interruption that the world has ever known, and it changed the course of human history. And it can change your life if you're willing to embrace the interruption and live out your calling as an interrupter. I'd like to close with a Christmas blessing of interruption for you. This Christmas, may God interrupt darkness with light, death with life, despair with hope, sickness with healing, oppression with freedom, racism with justice, tears with laughter. May God interrupt the mundane with the miraculous, brokenness with reconciliation, hatred with love, loneliness with friendship, apathy with passion. This Christmas, may God interrupt fear with courage, suffering with joy, guilt and shame with truth and grace. And may you embrace the great interruption of Christmas, and may you live out your calling as a holy interrupter. Amen. Merry Christmas, 1208.